Welcome to track number two of Tasters or Partakers. Number 14. A taster is a Christian who has drawn some conclusions about ministry. Amen. Your mind is made up. A permanent taster, I should say. Make up your mind. When you taste the teriyaki chicken, you make up your mind that, no, I will not buy it. John, some conclusions. 15. A taster is a Christian who thinks about the ministry. Number 16. A taster is a Christian who is familiar. I've shared all these ones already. A taster, number 17, is a Christian who has some insight to the ministry. Number 18. A taster is a Christian who is sympathetic. Oh, yes. Sympathetic, isn't it? I mean, you, you, your, your interest is ministry. You are sympathetic to the idea of ministry. Amen. Amen. A taster is something who has someone who has done something little, a little bit, a little bite. And number nine twenty, a taster is a Christian who delights in. The ministries. Wow, that's nice. Oh, that's very nice. Amen. Amen. Are you there? Yeah. Very good. Now, examples of tasting the ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Number one. Jonathan, in the Bible, famous, I'm sharing with you, famous tasters of the Bible. You are the famous tasters of Lighthouse. But I see you moving to partaking. You shall henceforth no more be called tasters, but partakers. But these are the famous tasters from the scripture. Number one, Jonathan. Jonathan tasted the honey. Amen? Amen. And then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what thou hast done. And Jonathan told him and said, I did but taste a little honey with the end of the rod that was in mine hand. And lo, I must die. Amen. First Samuel 14, 43. Amen. Now, this was a story where Jonathan was very hungry and his father had declared him fast. No one was supposed to eat anything, but he tasted. You know, just a taste sometimes is all that we want. Isn't it? Are you there? Are you there? Yeah. So, tasters, Jonathan tasted some honey. Amen. Now, when he tasted the honey, what, what do you think he would have? He would have a feeling of the sweetness. Isn't it? Yeah. Don't you have a sort of a feeling? That's why sometimes it's even deceptive. 
because you have that sweetness in your mouth, you sort of feel you have everything there is to have. It's true. So, Doug Heward Mills, creating and allowing lay people to be pastors has actually at times prevented them from going further in their ministry. It's true. Or you don't get what I'm saying. Because they have said to themselves, but I have it. But I know it. There's nothing else. So, they have rather been deceived into not going further. Because you think about it. If I, if I put honey on your tongue, all of you here, I mean, you say, I've had honey. I know honey. In it. You say, I know it. I've had it. And I can still taste it. I had some. Isn't it? Yeah. But that's just a taste. Just a taste. But you see, a taste can linger. A taste can be remembered. It's true. So it is deceptive. My grandmother used to make honey. Special honey, Switzerland. And it was special. She used to make jam. She had this honey. That's where I first tasted it. But having a little bit of honey and having a whole jar of honey, they are two different things. So many of the pastors have tasted honey. And they say, wow, it's sweet. It's nice. It's good. I know the stories. I know the... Ah, I know. I, I have it. I know. You don't have it. You don't know it. You just had a little bit like that. Don't deceive yourself. Don't let the blessing that was given to you be the greatest distraction to your life. The God never intended a, a pastor to be a lay pastor. Read your Bible. When he made the Levites priests, he said that you have no inheritance. I, the Lord, am your portion. You shall minister about holy things. And I'll share the land for everybody. You do not have any land. And I, the Lord, am your portion. And they should bring offerings to you. And part of the offering was he gave them 60 cities. For the Levites. 60 cities. And he gave around each city. He said 2,000 cubits. For the pastures for your animals. The Levites. They also had cities. And they had whatever. But those things were to be given to them by the people. And they were supposed to minister about the things in the, in the temple. It was, it was not supposed to be something that they would do part time. They were supposed to give themselves to it and they were to live through offerings. That's a real priest. And Paul said, they that preach the gospel should live off the gospel that they preach. That's the real ministry. Don't let that little sample that has been given to you 
delude you and deceive you and misdirect you into thinking that you have the real ministry. The real ministry. Go and read your Bible yourself. You will see. Say that those that minister about holy things will partake of those holy things. That's real ministry. You want to be a pastor. (laughs) You see, I blame myself. I have ordained pastors, made lay people, general overseers, uh, super, general superintendent, whatever. I've made anything because I've always encouraged. Come, you can also do some collar. I wear collar. They also wear collar. We all we all wear the same things. They have a cross. I also have a cross. Like we are all overseers. We are all whatever. Yeah, just go. Come, come, come and work for God. You see, they are wearing collar. We are all reverend. Say they call it reverend. They also call me reverend. So we are not the same. Since I was 25 years old, I've been a pastor. And since I finished medical school, 25 years, I was 20, just 26 years old, I started. I've been in all the time. We, we, we are not the same. You have done 86 days. And I've been doing it for 20 years. Obviously, there must be a difference. So, my dear friend, so you see my brother, my sister, there's a difference. But you see, the taste of honey, the way it is right now, I don't know if somebody has sugar here, but I'll put sugar on everybody's tongue. Everybody else says, I've had sugar, and I've had enough. But you don't know. There's much more. There's much more. Amen. Are you listening? Alright, so don't let it, because a taste of honey can be like the honey. Number two, The Israelites, they tasted the manna. Exodus 16 verse 31. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna and it was like coriander seed white and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey manna amen Amen. alright the house of Israel gave it a name and it was like coriander seed white And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Amen. Once again, you see the Israelites tasted manna. When they tasted manna, notice that they now began to have information that they never had before. They said, it is like this. So now it's like, after you've had a little taste of ministry, it tastes like this. And it is like this wafer. It's like wafer. Ah, it's like wafers made with honey. So it's like now that's a, that is how it is with tasting. Like when taste, when as soon as you taste something, it's like there is knowledge which can. It's, it's like you know too much. You see, like genuinely, like as I preach, people genuinely know the things that I'm preaching. They gen- somebody analyze me. 
Because it's somebody who said it. That Bishop is going to preach, kill yourself for Jesus. I didn't say it. Somebody said it. Like his analysis of my preaching is that it will be summary. He has summarized everything. Because he has tasted something. It is like this. This is how it is like. This and this. In fact, one day I went for a camp somewhere. When I preached and I asked for question time. One, one, one brother stood up and said, We have heard, I mean, all this, you have heard, all this, all this that you have said. He didn't say we have, we have, you have, you have said it before. He said that, that when you say we've heard it before, it's like it sounds a bit funny, rude. But he didn't say that. He said it in a, in a nice way. And he said, I mean, you've preached about this before and you said it and so And it's the first time I've ever preached that. I can remember, I can see his face. I know the camp, the particular camp, the name of the camp, the name of this pastor. It just strikes me. Because you, 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 and it was like completely, I've never, since I preached then, I've never gone over that thing again. I've never preached about that again. And that was the first time that I preached about that. But in his mind, you see, he's already bigger. It's like this. It's like wafers. It's like this. And it's like this. These are the things that it is composed of. So when the thing comes, you can't even see or hear anything else. Because you had, we made the mistake of letting you taste it. That's why I say, girls, don't let anybody sleep with you. He will not marry you again. When he slept with you, he will not like you again. Because they find out that you are just like, you are just like all the others. You didn't have anything special. As soon as they sleep with you, you are, so you are like a wafer. You are just like this. You are like coriander seed. No, I don't want the rest of you. You are coriander seed. You are just like coriander seed. <laughs> Mercy. You are light. They say, oh, you are light. You are light. <laughs> you are like a wafer. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. This is the mistake. Lay pastors are wearing collars. They are wearing crosses. They call themselves a reverend at their workplace. And it has entered their mind that they now know so it's like coriander seed. Ministry is a coriander seed. And I've eaten one before. <laughs> it's a coriander ministry. <laughs> hey! Coriander seeds. So I know how. You see lepers officiating weddings. I'm so happy. And they officiate. It's like now I've reached the pinnacle of ministry. Sure. You don't know that it's our duty that we gave you. Because we couldn't. We couldn't the, the workload is so much. You have to share it. But even you shouldn't have done such, such a job. Are based on the burden. That is why it has been given to you. There's so much. But it's not a promotion to you. It's just, I mean, you see, I went somewhere one day 
and the pastor told me everybody in his country had HIV. The pastor is a white man. And he told me that everybody has HIV so much. And he said, then we do not bury the past, the people lying down. They stand up. Because there's no space in there. But then he told me something that shocked me. He said, at first, I would even do a funeral. He said, but now, the assistant pastor, you see, you know everything. The assistant pastor will, will do it. Now, we went from the assistant pastors to cell leaders. Ordinary, everybody performs a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, if you are now officiating funerals as a cell, you don't have to say to yourself that, I know coriander seed. I know, I mean, I'm in the ministry. You are not anything. It's just the overload of the work that has made us share out certain things. To you. Oh, like we will never share it for you. I would never give a lay person to go and officiate somebody's wedding or a funeral or whatever. They are, they are not real. They, if, you are, uh, if you are a doctor, you work from morning to evening, Monday to Friday, and then you get two or three hours in the evening. You are a doctor, not a pastor, really. The time that what you really do is doctor, yeah. not pastor. Yeah. The pastor is like a hobby or something that you do. I mean, the fact that the fact that I can ride a bicycle, I'm not a bicycle rider. There are real bicycle riders. That's their job. But I can ride a bike, and I've ridden, and I do ride. But my real work is not bicycle riding, and I'm not a professional bicycle rider. But I can ride, and I do ride, and I have a bicycle. It's a different thing. So when out of overload, things are being shared to you, and now there's so many people dying in this country that even cell leaders and assistant cell leaders, everybody performs it. It's not a promotion to you. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's rather an indication of the weight of the work. That is so much that even people who should not have been drafted in. But you see them saying, oh, this is, this is. And it makes you really lose respect for it. It's true. So don't, don't you see, we are, we are deceiving ourselves with wrong things. Wrong things are, are ministered to us by the opportunities that have been given to people. And you see, before God, it may be a different thing. So don't, 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 don't pray yourself. I'm now. I've been officiating with you, a cell leader. I've been officiating funerals. At the Kodesh, we can have seven weddings on one day. Every chapel is full. It's true. Sometimes seven, ten. Sometimes all chapels, hall, they will use rooms everywhere. People come different. They will ask me, we have to put signs. This person's wedding. This one is here. This place upstairs. This place upstairs here. This place over here. Hagen Chapel. This chapel, this chapel, Solomon's Hall, Kodesh, they all should share. It's true. So, the work is so much. But, the fact that I've asked you to go and baptize somebody doesn't mean that. So, yeah. I know. I'm, yeah. I am John the Baptist. You are John the Baptist. You are joking. Small things.
taste you've been given and it has affected you. It has gone to your head. It's true. Now you know everything. So ministry is like coriander seed. <laughs> ministry is like wafer. With honey. I mean wafer with can you imagine wafer with a bit of honey pasted on it? Uh-huh. You know, cream crackers is the hair with some small, small honey on it. You know everything now, isn't it? Because you just had a little taste. One time I had an assistant and I, I gave him, a, I said, You should be the leader. So I stepped back and said, Oh, you be the leader. So I gave him a taste of being in charge. When I came by, he didn't want to give the I travel. When I came, he didn't want to meet to <laughs> Because I've given him a small taste of the ministry. So in the end, I wrested control of the fellowship from him. And up till today. He's not even like a leader of any whatever or whatever. You see, but it's like you you, you get that when you are given a privilege to taste something, then you start to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Yeah, you start to think of things that you are not. Because you've had a little taste of something. Are you listening? Yeah. Yeah. So you have the church lighthouse is full of people who have tasted and now you hear they know everything about everything. Because God allowed it from the overload. I've got because I've got members in Australia. I've got members in New Zealand. Am I going to go to New Zealand every time I'm going to there's somebody's getting married? New Zealand or America. Am I going to come here every time somebody's getting married? Or England or Kenya? You know how many weddings they've had in Kenya and South Africa? Am I going to be going to South Africa every time there's a wedding? Hey, I can't know. I don't have time for that. People are getting married every day. I'm going flying here, 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 here for weddings. Am I going to be at the Kodesh for every wedding? No, I cannot. I don't. I don't go for people's weddings. I don't. I don't go for outdoors. I have a headache every day outdoor. Every day outdoors. I cannot. Are you listening? Yes. Yeah. So do not let the overload work that we have shared. We can't preach everywhere. Can't preach. Pastor Joe used to preach in Baltimore eh? and New York. You see how he was tired. When he drives the car, he holds the, 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 hold the steering wheel like Yeah, the person is tired. He's tired. He's five hours. He doesn't even hold it. Use his finger to hold the steering wheel like this. He's dying of the, of, of the work that he's doing. Should I allow him to die? No, I'll get some lay pastors and give them a taste. Then when they also taste, they say, oh! It's a coriander. This one is a coriander. Coriander! Coriander ministry. It's like wafer. It is high. And then, they are not interested in it again. How many women have 
made the mistake of sleeping with the guy and after that when he's putting on his pants he's saying in his he's saying in his head in no fight the girl in no fight at all They shouldn't have allowed him to taste. Now that he has tasted, he's putting on his pants. He's saying to himself, Oh! Okay, no fine. No fine at all. Mercy. Oh, you don't understand it. You still don't understand it. You understand it well. And I said, oh, she's a coriander. She's like a wafer. As he's going, she said, her breast is like this. Her hair is like this. He has made up his mind. <laughs> because you allowed him to taste. Yeah. Now he's tenor. Yeah. So now God has allowed you to be a shepherd. Allowed you to come for six camps. And even if you come for 28 camps, you will never change. Because your mind, you have made up your mind. It's true. And some of the people, they've made up their mind from the first day that they sleep with you that they will not marry you. But they continue tasting and tasting and tasting. So let me just be tasting. Let me just be tasting free of charge. I know myself I cannot I mean, marry something that is like a wafer. A coriander seed. We allowed you to officiate. And you turn against the ministry. We allowed you to bury somebody. Now, <laughs> you say you won't be a priest again. <laughs> To bury somebody from after he said you will not be a priest again. At first, you wanted to be a priest. Now, we allow you to bury somebody. You say you won't be a priest again. <laughs> we allowed you to stand in front of a church and preach. Then I say you won't be a priest again. You won't be a preacher again. You will be an accountant. You'll be a bank manager. You work for uh, what and what. Something and something, eh? Bands and nobles. You work for <laughs> you work for what? Eh? City group. We we allowed you. We allowed you to stand in front of the people and preach. Since then, you've decided that you will not. You have decided that you will not. Be a preacher again after we allowed you. Your math. We shouldn't have allowed you. Hey! Since you slept with a girl on the first day that you slept, you said in your head, it is too light. 
<laughs> it's a wafer. It's a coriander. Hey, sister coriander, you should have kept yourself. You should have kept yourself, pa. You never have removed that thing. You have removed it now. He has lost the desire for the thing. God should have kept His work from you. He should have allowed you to officiate even a wedding or outdooring. Name me a child. You held a baby like this. You were dedicating this and that and that. Everybody would say, "Oh, suffer, oh, suffer, pastor, oh, priest, reverend, this reverend." They were honoring. You were receiving the greetings. Since you received those greetings, you have decided you will not be a priest again. You have received Galatians says offerings when they say Galatians 6 Sunday when you have received offerings some pastors have received cars yeah cars cars have been bought for people as Galatians 6 says appreciation since then <laughs> you you've decided you will not be in the ministry again. Your mouth. After you have said it's too light. Coriander seed. It's a wafer. I cannot be the ministry for people to be se- sending me five dollars and ten dollars. It's too light for you. It's too light. We shouldn't have allowed you to receive Galatians. We should have said only the bishop should receive Galatians appreciation of pastors. Then you, you, you will not have tasted that. Now that you have tasted. They've taken offering for you $300. You have despised it. It's true. The first time that I received an offering in America, I went to preach somewhere. Hey! The church was full of America, not Lighthouse. When I finished preaching, the pastor said, we are going to receive an offering. To bless the bishop died. Hey! So he stood there and collected the offering for me. Then, after, those who know the story say it so that I don't say it. <laughs> you don't know it. <laughs> you are familiar, you are aware, you have knowledge, you have the know how, you have the feeling. <laughs> When they finished, when they finished, they called me to a small room. When I went into a small room, they gave me the envelope. Now, the envelope could not contain that offering. So, it was in more than one envelope. Like this. Fat! And then, dollars! Not any other currency. Dollars. U.S. dollars. So when I saw about like this, something like this, I said, The Lord has blessed me. So I didn't want Pastor Joel and all the people to see what the Lord has done for me. So I hid it. I hid it. I go to the house. <laughs> I took the 
God today. I am richer than anybody else in the world. So I started to count. One dollar, 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 one dollar. Hey! Wafers! Coriander seed! When I added the whole offering, it was at 200 and something dollars. Hey! I thought about 10,000 or something. But. Even though it was a coriander, I didn't despise it. I said, I would still like to be a priest. Amen. I still like to be a priest. Because all my life in the ministry, I never received offering before. I never received offering. But I don't despise it, even though it's light. Amen. But you see, some people, they have received Galatians 6 6. Hmm? If we see flowers, cats, words, speakings, offerings, they look at it when they add all oh, 150. So, ah, me, I should be a pastor. <laughs> it's too light. It's a coriander. I see it is in their head because a taste like someone who has come to certain conclusions. So when they give you the teriyaki chicken, you look at you eat it, you come to a conclusion. Mbai. Mbai. I won't buy. I won't buy. Come to some conclusions in your head. Oh, I remember that sister who was asking. I asked her, why didn't he marry? And not only that one person, there was another person like that. Mysteriously, they just moved away from her. And I, I wanted desperately to, uh, but if I was to give an answer, I would be creating answers that I think. But I didn't know because the guys didn't say anything. They just go away. Why are they afraid? Yeah, they were afraid of her. They were afraid of her. But they, they had come to some conclusions. Said, hey, this girl. So you see, my brother, my sister, what God has allowed you to taste small in the ministry. Don't take it for granted. It shouldn't spoil you. I'm going to say that it's light. It's this. It's that. It's not, it's not anything substantial. It's, it's, it's just, it's light. Is it a small thing to you? God will allow you to officiate a wedding. God will allow you to officiate outdooring. Something I was coming to do myself, but I couldn't come. I should have officiated it, but I couldn't come. Yeah. We have shared it for you. You are rather despising it. Do you know that whenever you something you have seen from afar, you do it for the first time? It, it's a novelty. You aspire to do it. I mean, like, for instance, to officiate a wedding for the first time. It was a great thing for me. But after you've done it for some time, it's like, you know, be anything. Do you see? 
Yeah. Everything you haven't done it before. The first time you to do it. Like some some when I was consecrating bishops. I've never done it before. That was the first time I did it. I'm going to be consecrating a bishop again. Somebody asked asked me to do that. And our own bishops too. But the first time it's, it's always but you see, even after you do it, you have to respect it. Are you there? Yes. All right. Sit down. Number three. Solomon tasted fruits. Hey, it's late. We have to sleep early today. Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 3. As the apple tree among the trees of wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Amen. Are you there? His fruit was sweet to my taste. Amen. Now, this is what I've been saying about the beloved. The beloved is among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Now, this one had a beloved. He tasted his beloved. Isn't it? And it was good. Isn't it? But surprisingly, after people taste, then they reject Sometimes people see a man of God and they are attracted to the man of God. They say, oh, if I was married to this man of God, I would be the happiest lady in the world. Isn't it true? I mean, how many have seen a preacher on television and you thought to myself, oh, what a powerful... I mean, his wife must be the happiest. So sometimes you are surprised when you hear of the, um, them announcing the divorce. It's like, I mean, what else does she want? Isn't it? Yeah. And sometimes you don't know what the, the wives are telling them at home. Tell them, like, see, nobody knows you as you really are. So I'm the only one who knows you. They are facing them squarely. <laughs> because see, after tasting for some time, they are not impressed. 
You see, tasting surprisingly has almost sometimes a negative effect on the person who tastes. It's amazing. I remember one pastor, his wife left him and then there was a lady in the church who didn't have a husband because every she was like some outcast. Now the pastor decided of all the ladies in the church to marry that particular lady. And he married her. Oh! Even because he married her, people left the church. He said, what kind of person is this? But after this lady who has seen her, her pastor in the church for years and admired and been envious of the wife probably, saying that she's really lucky. You know, she now became the wife. Not something far away. Something that I know I've seen with my eyes. Now when she became the wife, she was now the madam. One day, she said, I can't take this. You know, and I tell you, some people are very wicked. Though. You, you know that the man's wife has left him. First one has left him. Now, you have become the second one. Yeah. And so now you also leave him. And she, left, she threatened to leave him. But then she came back. Then recently I heard that she had also left him again. So now here is this poor man of God. Or this man of God. Now it's just like wives have left him. See, so but this is a pastor of a big church. No, he has not slept with anyone, he has not had any immorality or anything. It's just that I, I can't taste. And it's like that is how it is. Like you look from afar, it's attractive. When you taste it, then rather, rather you go away from what you've tasted. That's why sometimes it's like people will dangle before you the attractive thing, but never give it to you to keep your interest. For her. That's what Queen Elizabeth I did. She never married. She was called the Virgin Queen. She never married anyone. Everybody, Frederick, this one that married, Prince of Sweden, Prince of the Duke of that, everybody. She never married any of them. She dangled her attractiveness before this, before that. She never accepted anyone. But she would discuss with you possibility of marriage. (laughs) Everything. But she never married them. Because she had seen her mother was executed. Her mother was, uh, I think, Anne Boleyn. If I'm right. Who her her father had killed. Or her sister. One of them. But her father had executed her. His, ma- his, his mother. So she was afraid of marriage. You see. But she knew that as long as she dangled bits of flesh in front of these guys and she kept on being enticing and, you know, being, pretending to, as though she was interested, she may, she may, she may, she may give in. She kept all of them coming. 
suitor after suitor, princes, kings, queens, dukes, all of them wanted her. Sometimes it is the fact that people have been allowed to be ministers, lay ministers, lay pastors. That is what has even kept them away from the obeying the call. Yeah. Because they've been given the taste. And now that they've tasted, you rise up as a second wife who has tasted. Because look at all the lay, all the sisters in church. They see the man of God up there. Great guy. Great guy. Wow. I would love to be Mrs. I'd love to be Mrs. Creflo Dollar. I'd love to be Mrs. T.D. Jakes. I'd love to be Mrs. Uh, whatever. And then you come, you taste it, and you say, <clears throat> rather, rather when you've tasted it. Because you see, you don't want it anymore. Yeah, if you had said that, you'd have even been okay. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So you see lighthouse pastors, as they become ordained, They'll do exam, do this, become reverend. No. That's why I'm speaking to you now. Before. Uh-huh. Because as you go along, you start forming conclusions in your mind. But you won't say it openly. You never say, I've decided I'll never. No, no. You always. <laughs> it's true, Father Bishop. The message was very powerful, Father. My favorite message is others. My favorite message is all out. But you, alone, you never be all out. Are you there? It's fantastic. Because you tasted my beloved. Many people. One day somebody got married. When she came back, she asked her question. I have only one question. Is this what people are doing as fornication? Is this what people are doing as fornication? This is the only question she has. Is this what they are doing? Is this what they do? What is enjoyable about it? That was her only comment first time about after getting my Is that what people are doing as fornication? After tasting, it's like, what is this? What is this? Gosh! What wafer is this? Job chapter 6. Verse 5. The next one. I'm giving you examples of tasting the Bible. Does the wild ass break when he has grass or loweth the ox over his fodder can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt or is there any taste in the white of an egg. (laughs) 
Is there any taste in the white of an egg? The taste of an egg white. And I saw Pastor Joel making fried egg white. Hey! I said, make sure you don't die before we die. Is there any taste in the white of an egg? Some people have tasted the ministry and you have come to say that it is like the white of an egg. There's nothing to it. It's true. One day I called a pastor. I said, we have three services. You are a pastor. When I was making you a pastor, you were eager. You were coming. Come for meeting, you come. Do this, do this. Now that I've made you a pastor, you are asking me whether there is any taste in the white of an egg. And you are not coming for meetings. You will not come for any meeting. And I said, every pastor must at least come for two services. You will not come. You have made yourself an ordinary member. Yeah. Because the taste has rather brought up the question to you that there is nothing special about it. About being a pastor. That is why when they are going to be made pastors, they will come for homecoming. They will come for this program. They will come for... After they have be made pastors, they will say, is there any taste in the white of an egg? Or mouth? Is there any taste in the white of an egg? Yeah. That's why now we have a Good Shepherd website. We are monitoring... You see, if you don't comply, we will clear you from that thing. You will not be a pastor in the church again. We will clear you. That's what we have decided to do. We are clearing. Hey. Yeah. Because after you've tasted small, it's like you are not impressed again. Tasting has made you not impressed with your, with, with your, but first you are prepared to do this. You go here, you do this, you do this. You come, it's okay, you study this book. Okay, exam on this, this and that. Now that they've called, they call you pastor, they call you reverend. You are asking me whether there is any taste <laughs> in the white of an egg or mouth. It's true. That's what is happening. Amen? Are you there or you've gone home? Ask your neighbor. Neighbor, is there any taste? In the white of an egg. Hallelujah. Number five. First Peter chapter two. Verse two. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Amen. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Amen. Now, you see, Peter is now encouraging people. Huh? If 
they have tasted to desire the word to grow thereby. It's like the taste should rather make you want to grow. Is it not? Tutu. Put tutu there. As you want, babes, desire. Can you put two and three? Where is the person doing that thing? Look, don't struggle with me. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If, whether the colon is there or not, it even just cover it. If so be, or if it be, that you have tasted. You see, if it be that you've tasted, the desire to grow. Amen. You know, anything you taste in God, desire to grow in it, not desire to stay. You know, we had uh, Healing Jesus Crusade when we started it. We had 600 chairs. And it's been growing. We didn't even think of growth. But it's been growing. And a time came we had 5,000 people coming for a crusade. 3,000, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000. I'll never forget 10,000. Because I always remember some of Benny Hinn's programs that he has here. The whole sees 10,000. So I said to myself, if I have a program with 10,000 people in my country, it's not bad. But that was the largest we could ever have. Then we started to go higher. But every time we would have a meeting, sometimes on the first day of the crusade, new ideas would come. I said, look, we can have a better crusade. We can have a bigger crusade. Bigger, 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 bigger. Better. Because after the taste of 600, I wanted to grow. After the taste of 3,000, I wanted to go. After the taste of 5,000, I didn't say, oh, it's a, it's a coriander. It's a sea. It's a coriander. Is there any taste in the white of an egg? No. I rather wanted to grow more. 10,000. 45,000, I remember, in Asimfosu. 40,000 in Sampa. But I still wanted to grow more. More, 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 more. In Salaga. We had over 70,000 people, which is a very fantastic miracle because the Salaga town alone probably has about 5,000 people or some small amount like that. People from all over where that crusade. Obwasi, over 300,000. I mean, in the five days that we were there, one of the days it was even rained off. When we put it all together, it was almost 1 million people attending. Yeah. Jackson Park, we went to Koforidua recently, we were told Jackson Park is the place where you must have it. There's a park called the Jackson Park. Where so Bonky, when Bonky came, that is where he had a crusade. This is where it happened. And we said, no. We, want, we went and cleared the forest. Yeah, we went and cleared the forest. And they took me up to a mountain. Because Koforidua is a town surrounded by mountains. So they took me to the highest point on the mountain to look down. When I saw the field that we had cleared, I couldn't be, 
The Jackson Park where Bungie had his crusade, it would be like one chair and where we had cleared was about like six or eight times. Yeah. And the whole place was full. And the last day, the whole place, they, they, they couldn't believe pastors call people in Accra to come and see. When I was coming to preach, I turned to the stage and I saw one great man of God has come from Accra. They have called him, come and see for yourself. And that's the only reason why I came. And the pastor told me, I have told him to come. And lo and behold, he was there. Having 5,000 and 10,000 people rather made me desire, having tasted it, rather made me desire to grow. And that is what tasting of the ministry should do to you and for you. Amen. It should make you desire to grow. So, okay, I, I want more of this thing. It's, it's, it's nice. I want more. I want, I want, I, you, you've, you've officiated a, a, a funeral or a wedding. And so, oh, it not be anything. No. There is more work to be done. You should desire more of what it means to be a pastor, what it means to be a priest. You've been a, you've been a priest, you've been a pastor here. You can be a pastor of people even not from your own country. You can be a pastor for people in a different country. You can be a missionary. There's more. There's more to the ministry. You see, I'm reading books. I'm reading books. People read my books in Ghana. But I want more people to read my books. I want more people to read my books. From different countries. I've seen people, Russians, reading my book. My, the most popular book, my book, Art of Reader, is more popular in the, most, the country that is most popular in, is in, in Russia. Which I've never been to. Huh? <laughs> it's more popular in Russia and Ukraine than anywhere else ever. Because I wanted also to have my book. I pay. We pay a lot of money for people to translate the books. Yeah. We pay for people to translate it. Because I'm not just happy that, oh, some Ghanaians are reading it in Kanishi. No. <laughs> After I've tasted what it's to be an author, and somebody reads your book in Ghana, I want more people to read it. So, you see, it's a taste. Have you ever written a book? Even a letter is tra- struggle, isn't it? So, to ever have become an author is great. I remember when I became an author. But after tasting, you desire more, something more. And I wanted more people to read my book. You understand? More and more and more. I want more people to read more books. Amen. So, I do anything for more of what I've just tasted a little of. Because there's more. I, I, so you are an author, so you are happy. You've printed 2,000. You've printed 5,000. Oh. I, I want to print millions. 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 It's, I'm not thinking of 5,000 or 2,000. I'm thinking of millions. Because right now we have over 5, 6 million books already. I'm thinking of 150 million books. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking of 3 million. I'm thinking of 100 million, 150 million. Because I read Bonky's book. He has shared 170 million books and so on. I'm not thinking of 5,000 books. After having taste of being an author, I want to have more than you. And you. You, you've tasted a small camp. Tasted a shepherd. 
You've tasted this. Suddenly, you don't like it again. You are asking me, is there any taste in the white of an egg? Your mouth. What do you think? So I believe the Lord is blessing us. Amen. Is it powerful? Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. And go to verse 3. Where's the girl? Look, if you don't change your thing, you could easily get into trouble. Or your thing only allows one verse at a time. More verses. Three, four, five, six. Three, four, five. So, and this we will do if God permits. Verse four. Okay, good. For it is impossible... For those who were once enlightened. Amen. And have tasted of the heavenly gift. Amen. And were made partakers of. You see, for the gift in heaven, they had only just a taste. By the Holy Ghost, they partaked. But partook, they partaked. And they have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Now, here again you see the same pattern of people tasting things and going away from what they've tasted. You see, that's what I'm fighting. Because I've identified it as something that is there. We are tasting things and we are falling away from the thing that we've tasted. And God just gave us a little drip, drop bit. Little tick bit. You see what I'm explaining? Many people have written books. Many people have written books. They print 2,000. Go and ask how much it costs to print. 2,000, you have to pay. But you see, you have, now you tasted it. Now I want to grow more. There's more to it. Or I've written a book, I want to write more. You get it? So, instead of falling away from that, persist in it. Amen. Amen. So now that you've tasted the heavenly gift, and... You are made partakers. So it's like some things you even partook. And then you've tasted of the good word of God. Now the word of God never finishes. You see, I'm preaching to you something already. Isn't it? You would have thought the word of God is finished by now. Even if I'm preaching only about give yourself, kill yourself for Jesus and then uh, full-time ministry. You see that there are still more verses and more ideas that even help you to understand it better. 
Even though it's the same message. You may think it's the, um, the same message. We know it. Bishop, we know what you are going to say. But even though you know what I'm going to say, you can see that you've just tasted. You've just had a taste. That's why there is more. Because the taste is just more. That's all. That's just a taste of it. What do you think? Have tasted of the heavenly gift. And the Holy Ghost, if they should fall away, to renew them again, this is difficult. Yeah. Rarely do people who have tasted and fall away ever come back. It's true. It's true. That's why I prefer to find some young people and preach to about, about your missionary work. Look, where is your map? I need your map so that I can put you on the chairs. Do you have your map where you can go from America? Huh? Do you have a map? Look, tomorrow, bring a bigger map. I don't have time for such small maps. Okay? Get a bigger one. Ah, you can get one on the screen. I'm sure you can. You show us. How many of you are American citizens? Raise your hand if you are American citizens. How many of you are green card people? Green carded. You are not American, but you have green cards. So it means you can live in other American colonies. Isn't it? Yeah. You can move to other American centers. Uh, like where? Puerto, is it Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico? Virgin Islands? St. Vincent? St. Thomas? St. John? St. Croix? Yeah. All these are American American territories. And there is one American territory near near New Zealand. What is it called? American Samoa. It's an American country, isn't it? American Samoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sending you to these places. Because you are Americans. See, the Lord says, see, I have already delivered them into your hands. True. Hawaii. Yeah. Alaska. Huh? You are saying something? Arizona, no, no. I'm not talking about land. I'm talking about islands. Are you tired? No. You are too young to be tired. Too young to be tired. Sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm, I'm not talking about tired tonight. I'm not talking about now. Feeling that you feeling sleepy. I'm saying, are you tired of, you see, soon, eh, you will cross a certain threshold and you will not be usable anymore. It's true. It's just, a, you, are, you are a few camps away from that. Maybe two or three camps more and that's it. 
you will be just like this. You've tasted of the good word. But you will fall away. It will be difficult to renew you again. Very difficult. It's a, it is what? To, to renew them. If they shall fall away. Huh? Is it, it's, where is that word impossible? Where is it? Uh-huh. it is impossible. That's why I was telling some people. I had a camp and I was telling them. They shouldn't think that at my age. I have come to preach to them. That they should come to full time ministry. Huh? Yes, I said in camp. It's on the Macalé, I'm sure. Because there are some things that are impossible. It's impossible. One brother, I sent him as a missionary. At that time, I was not experienced in sending missionaries. So I sent him as a missionary. He had about four or five or six children. Yeah. I, I, at that time, I said, anybody who says, I want to go. Now, if you say you want to go, we shall even look at your age. But at a certain age, you cannot do it. You may like God, but it's past. It's true. I mean, if you take a woman, from a certain age, you cannot have a baby. You may want to, you may like to, you may be zealous about it, you may be determined. But it's just, you have just passed that stage. You can't have a baby all the time. God didn't design us to be fruitful all the time. God designed it to be fruitful for a particular window. A period. It's just a season that you can do certain things. It's the same thing for preaching. Or being fruitful. I mean, what I'm doing, I've now finished getting all my money. I live in Minnesota. I've got all this. I'm surging of this, surging of that. Okay, I'm now. I'm ready for God now. I'm, coming to, I'm going to my home country, Ghana. I'm going to start a ministry. Where will you all be? Yeah, where will you all be? Mercy. I'm now coming to start my ministry. And I've got this amount of savings of dollars. I've got this of that, that of that. I'm going to Ghana with everything. I'm going to continue. I'm going back to Kolebu where I started to pick it up from there. May I know many Ghanaians who came, they came to Europe, England, whatever, and after some, they came back to Ghana to try and pick up the ministry from where they were. What happened when they came was that the people they left behind did not accept them as their leaders. Yeah, most of them. And they had to start all over again. And most of them have got little midget ministries. It's true. So there's a period Young man, you come, come to me. Come. No, not you, not you. Come, you. Not you, behind you. Come, yeah. Yeah. Come. How old, how old are you? 20. Come stand here. You see his face? He's young enough. There is a period. 
you can do certain things. And the guy in front, next, come. How, how old are you? Yeah, I can see that you are older. You see, you see that he's, he's older. Suffering, suffering has changed. Has changed his face. <laughs> Can you see? Can you see? How many can see? Huh? The number of years of the sun shining on his face. The number of years of the wind blowing on his face. Has changed him. And then the next, you come. You come. Yeah? When you see me, I'm seeing you. You get it? Watch out. No, no, no. No, not you. Not you. You come. Stand, stand over there. How old are you? 28. Look, turn around, face the people. You see? 20. You can see 20. You can see 28. You can see 30. He's shorter, but he has suffered more. He has suffered more. Are you married? Yeah. You can see from his face that he has suffered. And you come? You brother? Yeah. When I see you, you are seeing me. How old are you? 36. Stand here. Yeah. Do you see? And the brother here. Come. Yeah. How old are you? 31. Stand there. 31. Come. We are going to arrange now by age. You stand here. You are 20. You are 28. Brother, to the end. Come. 31. 31. 33. 33. Come this way. 37. Come this way. Okay. You see? The window... I can't, I can't do this with the ladies. Hey, you're not like me again. I'll lose my popularity. I'll, I'll lose my popularity. And I will not. At my age, there are certain things I know. Uh, brother, come with the glasses. Uh, your age? 37. Yeah? Uh, brother? How old? 39. You've taken over from this guy. <laughs> you see? Can you see the difference? The window. Now, even in a man, you find that even their sexual desire and ability, it goes down. It's true. So, sometimes you see that, like, like a brother 
here. It's 39, right? They're going to be 39. Is there any 20-year-old girl here? 20 years? 20 years. Any girl who's 20, 20 or 19 or anybody like that? Hey, then how old are you people? <laughs> Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Twenty-two. Stand up. Who's twenty-two? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Twenty-one. Uh-huh. Come, you come. Twenty-one. Stand by. Go, go, go back. Go back. Twenty-one. Stand by here. Yeah. Twenty-one. Thirty-nine minus twenty-one is what? Eighteen. See, it looks, they did, if he said this is his wife, it would it would look it looks as though it's 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 okay but he's almost 20 years older than her and you see it's not easy to see the difference by just standing here like this but if they marry after a while this one is going to start complaining she's going to cast on for her by him not not that somebody said what i have seen Practically, and they will, yes, at my age, and they will be saying, "I've married an old man." <laughs> it's true. You say, "I've married an old man." It's an old man. It's an old man because he does not even know that he's an old man. You, you, you will reveal it to him. But they, they, do they look incompatible? They look very compatible. It looks like it can work. Do you have a wife? Yeah, it's too late. You see, so you don't even realize that your ability to do certain things is going away. It's going away. It's going away. It's going away. You will not even know. Even like physically. You will not know that you are 20 years you can give birth to this girl standing by you. Give birth to her directly. She could easily be your daughter. Yeah. You would have been, what, 18 when you gave birth to her. And T.L. Osborne Mighty was 90, his wife was 18. It's true. So, that's how it is. Physically, you don't even notice. But spiritually, it's even worse. You don't, you don't see it at all. So when you are preaching certain things to certain people, you realize they cannot, even if they say they want to, they can't do it. That's why I said that was a brother I sent him. He had so many children. So many. I said, hey, hey. I told you, that doesn't matter. So once you want to go. But now I've seen that. Hey, we have to, it matters how many children, how long mortgages, debt, school fees, this car loan, this that, so many things come in and change everything. So you may be laughing at some pastors saying that this pastor now he cannot preach about this. Because what has happened to him? Are you too? When we see we cannot preach about certain things, when we see you know we preach of steps to abundance. Steps to abundance. Hope, patience, love, faith, Christian messages. It's true. 
Mercy. Are you understanding? Yeah. Viagra is, is sold because men, some of the men or a lot of people have, do not able to have erections. Yeah. You can't. And can you imagine that it is the most sold drug in the world? So that means that the greatest problem is erections, which you take for granted when it is there. But as it starts going down, you will not even notice. (laughs) Are you listening? So even as you are mentioning your ages, I'm even wondering whether I'm preaching the wrong message or... the commandos are they here they are not here are you all here not all yeah because even these people they look quite old it's true i'm sure you have responsibilities isn't it mortgages how many of you have got mortgages raise your hand one two you don't have mortgages ha are working for nothing. It's not easy. Oh. Look, life is so short. It's difficult to believe that it is you that they are talking about. Huh? So short. So quick. Everything is over. We are different. We don't even notice the difference that is coming. Huh? Is it not amazing? Yeah. So please, the message I'm preaching, you know, I don't know if you are part of the people that can obey it. But if you can, do it. Because very soon, your name will be cancelled. Not by me, but by the harsh, hard realities of life. The Bible says the, the curse of this world, the choke the word. They choke the calling. They choke the sending. They quench the sending. Cancel the one, two, three. Cancel, 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 cancel. Until there's no one that can go. Are you there? So, go when God sends you. We will not all be 70. How many want to be 70? But we won't. I have not yet buried any pastor who is 70 years old. It's true. All the pastors are buried are in their 30s, 40s, 20s. The last pastor I buried was in his 20s. Yeah. I have not buried any old person before. And that I can even remember. They are all young people. And and now we have so many pastors who are dead that I'm I'm making a special wall of remember. Every pastor, if you are a pastor, I'm making a small plaque with your name. I'm going to put it in the Kodesh to remember, yeah? 
to remember you. We remember, you know, like Major Mevo, I'll make a small one. I said, we remember your contribution to the church. Yeah? To honor all the pastors that, that have gone. Anybody who's a pastor has been a pastor. Who has eaten some of the coriander before. <laughs> hey! I never thought that we would die. You know, I had a vision once. Have I told you that vision? I'm sure you know all these things. In that vision, I was in my house and two men came to visit me. And these two men were pastors who had died. They were dead pastors. They were dead human beings. And they came from heaven to earth. And when they came to earth, they went to the churches they had been involved with they tried to teach the people in those churches the songs that they used to sing. And they tried to preach the messages that they used to But nobody was interested in what they were saying. So they turned around and they were going back to heaven. And on their way to heaven, they came to my house in Dansoman to come and visit me as their last stop before they went. So when they came, I had dinner with them in my vision. Or dream, whatever it was. I had dinner with them. I sat here, they sat here like this. And as they were eating, they told me that there are three things that they want to tell me. I don't know if I remember, but I've written it in one of my books. They said, the fir- they said that the first thing they want to tell me, three things. The first thing is that they want me to know that they were very surprised when they died. They said they never expected to die at the age that they died because they were working very actively for God. They never thought that someone like them could die. Yeah, that was their greatest surprise. And then the second thing, they told me that their messages and everything they had were no more, people were no more interested in them. And then they pointed to me and they said, This is your best. He said, said, The worst he said was, You have your best chance now. This is your best chance now. This is when people would listen. You can do anything, it's now. Give it your best. And that was the end. And then they went back. They came from heaven to visit me. Visit the earth. And visited me. I was the last person they saw. And they returned like this. You will go and there is nothing you can come and add to whatever. It's like the person who is here is the one who can do something. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, you see, your best chance is now. You get it? So if God has called you, you are not a bad person. You are a very good person. But you may not know the things you can do. So you find yourself out there where people are listening to you. If only you are prepared to follow the steps and the principles. You will be surprised to find you are the prime minister. Instead of the stupid boy who is always having foolish dreams. People will call you prime minister. Hallelujah. All right. You are blessed. Powerful guys. Are you there? Okay, okay. Good. Are you still around? Or you are going back? You can always leave tomorrow morning. Amen. Now, Hebrews. Chapter 2. 
verse number Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 It says but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Amen. Amen. What's the next verse? Where is that? For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Amen. Amen. But if you look at verse 9, it said that Jesus, where is he? Where is the girl? That Jesus should taste death for every man. Now, God has allowed you Taste something so that you rather become an encouragement to others. But rather, people have tasted of the ministry and become a discouragement to others. So that instead of them surging forward after they have tasted for everybody, to encourage everybody, to help everybody else, it's rather reversing. So sometimes you see that some of the lay pastors are very bad examples of what you should do in the ministry. Of their attendance, what they do, certain things that they practice, and so on. Not all, and not that many, but some are. Just as some are also very good examples. The, the, the tasting of the ministry should have been something that they should have experienced to help others. Others should have been encouraged. Like I was giving the example of a, a, a Pastor Tefo. I remember speaking to one of his church members who was like a business executive. And he told me, I want to be like Pastor Tefo, who was a I told you that he was a very good lay pastor. He said, I want to be a very good lay pastor just like uh, my past. He said, I'm so impressed the way he's able to combine his running his hospital, doing what he does, and so on with the ministry. And that is it. And he also became a lay he also became a, a lay pastor. Do you see? So you see that the pastor is supposed to lead and rather taste some things which is going to help others. So now when you have a pastor who is now sleeping in church. Or when you are having a camp, the pastor is rather falling asleep. When you are preaching, the young one is awake. Or you have a pastor, you are having a prayer meeting, he is falling asleep. The young nobodies are moving up and down. The pastor is fast asleep. Then you ask yourself, that this one has tasted the prayer 
to destroy prayers in the church. He has stated a camp. Now he's destroying camps in the church. Come to sit down and sleep. And you now have to ask that that person should not even attend. Lest his presence would cast a cloud and discourage everybody else. Whereas Jesus rather became the captain of those who are going to experience suffering. By going through the suffering, showing us that it's possible and that through that suffering you become great. So brothers and sisters, tasting of something is not the end, but it's even a kind of encouragement to others that look, after you've tasted this, we can all experience it as well. Amen. So tasting is something that should be leading to higher and higher and higher things in your life. And I want to ask that from today, those of you who know everything, God will now use you to encourage people who don't know everything. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2. And let's read verse 20 and verse 21. And we are going to be ending. What does it say? Hey. Touch not. Taste not. Handle not. Rudiments of the world. Don't try full-time ministry. Don't try. Somebody wants to work with me and you, a pastor in the church, you are advising the person not to, to come and work in the ministry. I don't think it's the right thing. Do you think it's the right thing? Huh? We are rather telling people don't taste. Don't touch it. Don't handle it. Huh? You should have rather tasted it. And encourage others to come. But now you've changed the whole thing. Don't touch. Don't taste. Don't handle. They are all rudiments of the world. So brothers and sisters, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you see that it's good. Now, taste, not just taste, too. taste and see the good. Because you can always come to a place you taste and you don't see the good. One day I had a pastor. I suspected he was going to be rebellious. Long before he became rebellious, I suspected him. You somehow have a feeling about some people. This guy is going to be some way. So I decided to take him to so many places to show him things. Everywhere I took him, he was not impressed. Hey, I'll send him here. I'll send him here. I give him and say, go to this place. 
and come. I wanted him to learn more about the church so that he would learn to be humble and appreciate what he's a part of because he was, he was, he was new. But all that I tried to do did not really work because his taste did not make him see the good. You see, taste and see the good. But you may taste and see the bad. It's true. Isn't it? Oh, taste and see that. See that. There is something good. But you are tasting and seeing something bad. Hey, which kind of human being are you? Huh? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is bad. No, oh, taste and see that the ministry is good. So try to see something good because there's something bad everywhere. I can show you some bad things about this place. But I can also show you a lot of good things. America, I can show you many good things about America. But I can also show you many bad things about America. Yeah. Orlando is a beautiful city, but I can show you some bad things about it. Alright. So what, what do you want us to see? The good. So taste the ministry and see all the good aspects of it. Think, think of it. I mean, uh, you really do something that you really believe in. Something that you love. Something that you, you, you think is useful. Something that is this. Something that is... I mean, see the good. See the good. See the good. See the good in ministry. See the good in God's work. See the good in... I mean, ability to... Do something that God wants you to do. See the good in it. Don't only see the negative. Eh? Where will my children go to? Where will, I, where will this? Where will that? Where will this? How will I? How this? Why this? Oh. See the good. Huh? When you see good, you will experience good. In Jesus' name. May you taste from today. And may you experience the blessings of the Lord. Stand to your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. All right. Okay. Tomorrow morning, we shall continue. Lift your hands. Thank God for his word this evening. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Mandala bala jana manandele libere. Mandala bere mandele bere libere. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your help, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Father, we thank you for your blessing today. Thank you for your healing of our lives as we move from being tasters and becoming partakers of your great calling. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Tomorrow morning, we shall continue. What time? Six? No. What time? Six? It's getting to one. Is it a different time here? What time is it here? Oh, I got a wrong time. Oh, I see. I didn't know. Sorry. I didn't know that it was so late. So it's 12.30 now. It's 12.30 now.